Welcome to Faith Center Foursquare Church's Message of the Week. For more information on the church or ministry, head on over to our website, eurekafaithcenter.org, or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Now, we hope you enjoy this message. We are starting a new series. It's called In the Way, and as the Lord prepared my heart to start this series, I started studying the book of Acts a while ago, um, and I really felt the pull to teach more than preach. Um, for me, it is very comforting to have a sermon that I have typed out every single word, um, if only for the reason that my brain fails me and I can actually read the whole thing to you. Like, that really is my security blanket, is to have my whole sermon mapped out. But the Lord really led me to this season of digging deep in who He is, and I believe that's something that He wants to speak to the whole church in this season of transition, in this season of waiting, in this season of you know, really not knowing what's going on sometimes in the world, in our homes, in our families, in our church sometimes. Um, the Lord really has put it on my heart to dig deep and cling to Him because He is my anchor. He is my steady, strong tower. And so when I need a place of refuge, I go straight to the Lord. I go straight to the Bible. Um, and that hasn't always been the case. I have really confession, I hate school. Like, I hate studying. I especially don't like it if somebody says, you have to do this, right? If somebody gives me a book and says, I think it was like in the fifth grade or something, we're supposed to read Charlotte's Web, which is a great book. It's a great movie. There's tons of things about it that is amazing, and I've made my kids read it and watch it as well. But when I was in the fifth grade, I'm like, I'm not reading this book because you told me to. I don't want to. I love to read. I would, I would get in trouble for reading so much my mom would kick me out of the house and tell me to go out and play, right? Back in the day, it was like, go out and play. Go, go get some dirt on you. Go get some exercise. And I would sneak my book out of the house, and I would go climb a tree, and I would finish reading my book. But that was a book that I chose and that I wanted to read, and I didn't want to be told to stop reading either, apparently. Um, but when it comes to studying, when it comes to school, when it comes to things that I know I need to do, I'm not as motivated sometimes. Is anybody with me there? Like, does anybody just really love to be told you need to study this stuff? Like, I, I don't. I don't even want to read a manual to put together a bookshelf, honestly. Like, I just want to do it. Like, don't, don't tell me what to do. I'm going to do it how I want to do it. That doesn't always work out well either, right? So what I did, what I did for this week um, is I really just have a few points that we're going to talk about as we go through the first few chapters of Acts together. Um, I do have my Bible, and I recommend that you find a Bible that you love or grab one from under the chairs or use your app if that's what you're used to. Um, the other thing that really has impacted my life greatly in my learning is journaling. Um, and I really felt strongly that the Lord wanted me to make that a possibility for everybody and maybe even explain a little bit of what that means to me. So I bought a bunch of journals. And so there are journals all over the church. There's some in the front row. There's some on the tables out there. There's some in the kiosk. If you're online and you want a journal, call the office. I'll send it to you. I don't care. Um, journaling also is one of those things that a lot of people don't like doing. And I honestly didn't like doing because somebody said, you should do it. It's a spiritual discipline. Like that book that says spiritual disciplines, I'm like, oh, I don't want to read that one. Like, don't tell me more things I need to be doing, right? Um, but the Lord really changed my heart. It was something that once I started doing it, and once I released the idea of what that meant in my brain was 
to be whatever I needed it to be in my relationship with the Lord, it became so much easier to study scripture, to write down what the Lord was speaking to me, to write down my prayers, to write down, to draw pictures, to doodle, whatever. And scientific studies show that by doodling or doing something else with your hands while you're listening opens up a different part of your brain to receive what you're learning. Science, cool. Um, so we're going to get into the first chapter of Acts immediately. And as we do that, um, I encourage you to write down notes. I encourage you to um, listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say to you in these areas. We have just come out of an amazing season of Easter, right? We got to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, and he rose again according to the scriptures. And as we jump into Acts, we are starting with the ascension, where Jesus has been on the earth for 40 days with his disciples. He spent time with them. Um, he has ministered to them. He has prayed with them. He has lived with them for another 40 days. And yet again, they're going to say goodbye to their friend and their savior. And he says he's going to heaven. He's going to go away, but he gives them some instructions before he does that. So in Acts chapter 1, he says, he, the Bible says, he presented himself, Jesus, alive with many convincing proofs. He was seen by them, the disciples, over a 40-day period and spoke about matters concerning the kingdom of God. While he was about them, he declared, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait there for what my father has promised, which you heard about from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And in verse 8, he said, but you will receive power with the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the farthest parts of the earth. I totally said that out of order, but you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the ends of the earth. And I think that this is, this section of scripture absolutely is something that I've heard throughout my whole life. Um, if you're new to church, this is kind of part of the basis of Foursquare and who we are. Um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, is a big deal. Um, we believe that God's Spirit indwells us and lives in us and moves in us and wills and acts according to his purposes. And so we're seeing the first acts of the apostles. We're seeing the first church being put together. We're seeing the church discovering purpose and mission and plan and what God wants them to do. And so we, what we really see is we see the disciples, these disciples who have been with Jesus for three-ish years, and we see them transitioning into being apostles. Now, a disciple is a lifelong learner. We're all called to be disciples. We're all called to discipleship. And I think it's really important to preface Acts with the fact that these disciples spent time with Jesus for years. They immerse themselves in the culture of who Jesus was, what it meant to be to be a Christian, and to really learn that foundation of what God wanted to do on this earth through them. And so foundationally, we're called to be disciples. And that's what, you know, all this stuff, the Bible, the journals, um, meditation, prayer, worship, all of this stuff is part of our discipleship walk with the Lord. Um, and here we see the disciples going from disciples to apostles, but first, like I said, they had to be immersed in Jesus culture, right? And so let's say this little $10 bill 
I'm pretty cheap, so I wanted to get 100, but I'm like, oh, I don't want to get 100. And then I didn't want to do one because one's not enough. But 10's a pretty good value. Like, I could get two coffees for 10 bucks, right? $10, okay? This little dollar represents us. It represents you and me. It represents a person. Um, and a person who is a disciple. And if you're a disciple, you're going to immerse yourself in Christ. You're going to immerse yourself in the Word. You're going to immerse yourself in worship. And if you haven't made that choice yet to immerse yourself in the Lord, I think all of us, it's easy to say, yes, I want to be a Christian. Yes, I want to follow you. Yes, Lord, I know who you are. But once you make that step, that's a constant step that you have to make. And it really is a step that takes you deeper and deeper and deeper into love with the Lord, into fellowship with the Lord, into relationship with the Lord. But you have to immerse yourself in who he is, in the word, in community, in fellowship, in all the things that he calls you to do. You listen to his voice. You read the scriptures. Um, you, I don't know, what do you do? What do you guys do to worship the Lord? What do you guys do to immerse yourself in the word? We can be interactive. This is like a teaching lesson. Sing. You sing a song. That's so sweet. Lizzie sings. Huh? Obedience. Obedience. That's a big one, right? O-B-E-Y. That's a song. Did you know it? It says, obey your mom and dad. When I was little, I don't know about you guys, but I was like indoctrinated with all of these like Salty and Adventures in Odyssey and the Donut Man. So literally every Bible verse in my head is probably a children's song. So when I say it back to you, I really want to sing it, but I'm not going to do that. So we're in Acts. We have immersed ourselves in all the things as the disciples have because the Holy Spirit didn't come until Jesus left. They had Jesus there. They had the Spirit in him. They had the Spirit with him, and then he left. And so we go on to see discipleship really is a foundation. And the title of our message today is In the Way or In the Way. Are you in the way or are you in the way of what God really wants to do with your life or of what God's doing anyways? And discipleship, that's a really big, big thing. So I took my sermon notes today and Amanda made me a little graphic kind of to show you what I did. But I, wrote, I drew a line. And so this is your sermon notes. It says, in the way or in the way. And so I just drove, drew a line straight down. Because I want to analyze whether I am in the way or I'm in the way. Because I don't want to be in the way of what God's doing. I don't want to be in the way of his calling for my life. And I don't want to be in the way of doing what he's called me to do to help others. So in the, in the section of discipleship, are you in the way or in the way? What does that look like for you? This is very personal. This is not like big church in the way. This message is, I mean, it can be, but luckily you go to an amazing, wonderful, healthy church where we have all these things going on. And I feel like big church here isn't something that gets in the way too much of what the Lord wants to do. I feel like here at Faith Center, we're really good at doing what God has called us to do. But foundationally, we can't send you out. I can't, I can't send you out and say, be on mission, go be a witness, go do this. If I haven't like prefaced it with like, hey, these are ways to take care of yourself while you do that. Like we have to be okay in order to be that light out in the world. Amen. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to take care of Jesus in us 
to be that light out in the world. And that's really what this message um, has turned into for me today. Um, so the disciples immersed themselves in the culture of Jesus. Jesus said, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to go out, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and you're going to be my witnesses. So the purpose, our purpose, the purpose of the Holy Spirit coming is to be witnesses. The whole purpose, it says right here in Scripture, the purpose is to be witnesses. The purpose of the discipleship, the purpose of the journaling, the purpose of the worshiping is to be witnesses. We talked about prayer a couple weeks ago. The purpose of the prayer is to honor God and worship God, but also so that he is our witness. He is our greatest witness. And so are we in the way? Are we in the way of his purpose and his calling? Are we in the way of the Holy Spirit operating in us? Are we listening? Are we doing? Are we acting? Are we doing what we're supposed to do? Are we in the way? Or are we in the way? Are we reading our word? Are we getting together with fellowship and hanging out with people who lift us up, who build us up, who speak into our lives, who love Jesus? Or are we in the way? Are we making choices that block our purpose, that block our witness? Are we making choices that people are seeing us make and those choices directly block the move of the Holy Spirit? I don't ever want to be in that place. And that's really where, for me, studying the books of Act, book of Acts comes out of, like, I, I want my purpose to be a witness. And I want to know exactly what God wants me to know in order to do that. And so as we dive in, we see that Jesus tells the disciples to, that they're supposed to wait. They're supposed to wait for this promise of the Holy Spirit. They're not supposed to leave Jerusalem. They're supposed to wait. And so that's what they do. And the Bible tells us in verse 14 that all of them continued in prayer together with one mind. The women, the men, Mary, Jesus' brothers, they all continued to pray together and wait. Now, Jesus didn't tell them how long they had to wait. He didn't. In fact, he says, I'm not going to tell you how long you're going to wait. In fact, you don't ever get to know how long God wants you to wait. You don't ever get to know God's plans and purposes. And Jesus tells his disciples that. So what it, how, I don't even know. I am not patient. So for me, that would be like torture right there. Oh, great. Okay, we're going to wait. But what do they do? They go back to their foundation. They go, they do what he says, and they wait. And they wait with action. They wait and they pray. They wait and they live life together. They wait for days and days and they don't know how long it's going to be. And so they go back to talking about Jesus and praying with each other and eating together and living together and doing community life together because that's the foundation that Jesus has established. He immersed them in this way of life. And so when he tells them to wait, that's what they go back to. What do you do when God tells you to wait? What do you fall back on? Do you argue? Like, I'm an arguer. I'm like, I don't want to wait. So what can I do in the waiting? You didn't tell me to do this, but I'm going to do this, 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 and this, because I, th then I can control something, right? I would challenge you to use the waiting time as an opportunity to really lean back into the arms of the Lord. To waiting time is, is a blessing. It is a time to recollect your thoughts. It is a time to dig deep. It's a time to exist in the Holy Spirit. And it's really a time that the Lord gives you to not do anything. 
other than be with him and wait with him and wait in him. So verse 14 tells us that they all prayed together, and that's how they waited. And the Bible tells us there are about 120 people there. And in chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes, just as Jesus promised. Ends up they only had to wait 10 days. Not a terrible waiting period. But still, when you don't know, every day is just as long as the last when you're waiting for something, right? And so I'm going to turn to chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 1 is when the Holy Spirit came. It says, Now when the day of Pentecost had come, there were all there together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a violent wind blowing from heaven and filled the entire house where they were sitting. And tongues spreading out like a fire appeared to them and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other language as the Spirit enabled them. So the things that um, really stand out, the Holy Spirit coming in this part of Scripture, is that the Holy Spirit comes as He wills. The Lord acts in His timing and not our timing. The Holy Spirit comes according to His will, not our expectations. How many people have expectations of the Lord? I do. He's made me some promises. I have some expectations. He's, good. He's coming back. Hello. Right? I'm like, I have, I have expectations. And that's great. Those expectations are great, and God keeps his promises, absolutely. But the Bible also tells us that he wills according to his purposes, not according to our expectations. And I think that sometimes we get stuck in this box. And we have to really think outside of the box when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Because if we are submitted to the Lord and if we are willing to let the Spirit move and act and speak to us, then He really does do more than we could exceedingly, more, what is it, exceedingly abundantly above all things. He really does. But we have to relinquish that control. We have to submit to the Spirit in us. So in the Scriptures we see Also, when the Holy Spirit comes, the disciples, now the apostles, are of one heart and one mind. They're unified. All throughout the book of Acts, we see the apostles coming back together in unity, in prayer. And it tells us over and over again, they are of one heart and one mind. The Holy Spirit operates in a spirit of unity. Yes, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But the Spirit of the Lord comes to a unified body. Are we in the way or are we in the way? Are we, being in, are we in the way of unity or are we in the way of unity? God calls us to connect and unify and not to divide. And all of that is based out of the discipleship, and the foundation of our faith. If we're unified in the foundations of our faith, then we are unified in one heart and one mind. But again, that that is a daily decision. We decide to choose Jesus every single day. And so we learn that the purpose, the purpose of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us is to be his witnesses. And you can write down how you're in the way or in the way on that too. 
That's, that's a personal thing. The purpose is to be his witnesses. For me, that's a fear thing. I have to cast down fear a lot in my life. Um, even, it's funny, because it's easier for me to get up here and tell you all about Jesus, because you all know about Jesus. This is a safe space. I'm a pastor. It's expected, right? You expect me to talk about Jesus? I hope so. Um, but grocery store, not so much, right? God calls us all to be different things, and the Lord did not call me to be an evangelist. He did not call me to get a milk crate and stand on it in the middle of the parking lot at Winco and tell everybody about Jesus. But he did call me to be his disciple. And his spirit lives in me, so I'm called to be his witness. And am I in the way, or am I going to get in the way of that? When God tells me to invite somebody to church, do I do it? Or do I get embarrassed? Or I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be one of those Christians. The Holy Spirit tells me to give somebody five bucks on the street corner. Do I do it? Or do I go, mm, I don't know what they're going to do with that five bucks. I would challenge you to talk to the Lord so much that when his spirit speaks to you, that there is no hesitation. That as a witness of who Christ is in our lives, that we tell everybody the things that he's doing for us. I do not want to be in the way of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And as a human, as a, as a being on this planet who Lord, the Lord loves, he gives us a choice. So we can absolutely choose to block the Spirit when it comes. So I don't ever want to be that person. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to be witnesses. But the other thing that I pulled out of Acts 2, so Acts 2, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, is some of my other takeaways from this section of Scripture. And what it really does is it models the church. It models the beginning of the early church. It says, They were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Reverential awe came over everyone, and many wonders and miraculous signs came about by the apostles. All who believed were together and held everything in common, and they began selling their property and possessions and distributing the pro proceeds to everyone as anyone had need. Every day they continued to gather together by common consent in the temple courts, breaking bread from house to house, sharing their food with glad and humble hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And the Lord was adding to their numbers every day those who were being saved. There are so many. This is why, for me, journaling is so important, because what I pulled out of the scripture this time maybe wasn't what I pulled out of it last time. Maybe it's not what I'm going to pull out of it next time. But I'm going to write what the Lord's speaking to me in this time. And, and there's somebody asked me last night, they're like, why didn't you talk about this? And why didn't you talk about this? And why didn't you talk about this? I'm like, I blame the Holy Spirit. Like, you know, I just got, I got a, I got a little four point sermon here today, people. And we're just going to let the Lord go. But I really think if anything, the takeaway would be dive into it yourself. The worship team, the pastors, the preachers, the teachers, they are not here to entertain. We're here to teach and preach and love and serve. 
But the majority of what you're going to learn about the Bible, what you're going to learn about Jesus, is on your own time. And Jesus wants to spend that time with you. And that's how we become his witnesses. That's how we learn to operate in his purpose. That's how we learn to love him out loud, is to spend time with him. And so in Acts 2.42, one of the verses that I pulled um, was verse 43. And it says, Reverential awe came over everyone, and many wonders and miraculous signs came about by the apostles. Reverential awe. In other translations, that's respect. And I think respect is something that people either don't know how to define in a healthy way anymore, or you just don't know what it means. Like, we just don't know what it means. Or we choose not to be respectful. There's that also. Are we in reverential awe of, of the Lord? It doesn't say having reverential awe of the signs and wonders. It says they had respect for the Lord first, and then the signs and wonders came. Can I tell you, there's so many situations today where we want, we want the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit power to move in faith center, but we don't respect the Spirit of the Lord enough to exist in his presence the other six days of the week. If we do not dig into what God has for us, if we don't have reverential awe and respect for who he is, then the signs and wonders aren't going to take place. People ask all the time, why aren't there more healings? Why aren't there more this? Why aren't there more that? Because people don't respect the Lord. They don't respect his spirit. It is what it is. But that's a one-by-one one person at a time, heart issue change that needs to occur corporately in order for the Holy Spirit to move and to act and have his way with us. We have to respect who he is. We have to respect who the Lord is. This is the beginning of the Holy Apostolic Church. And we see that they get to this place by being immersed. They get to this place by being in who Jesus is, so that they can go out and be witnesses. They absolutely have respect and reverential awe for who the Lord is. And every time they come together, the scripture tells us over and over again that they pray, that they worship the Lord, they tell him who he is, that he's holy, that he's awesome, and they submit to his will and his law. I think that's the other thing that people forget. Pentecost came at a time, you know, Passover, all of those things, was a celebration of the law to begin with. It was a celebration of the law, of the Torah, of the scriptures. It was a Jewish celebration. And then we see the Holy Spirit come, and it becomes a celebration of the saving grace of who God is. It it becomes a celebration of the resurrection and of the Holy Spirit power, because that's when the Holy Spirit came. And when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit comes in and with boldness. And the scriptures tell us over and over again in the first few chapters of Acts about Peter and about the day of Pentecost and how everybody came and they talked and and Peter had to explain, okay, this is what's going on. But it says that he did that in the power of the Holy Spirit and in boldness. 
The only way Peter and Paul were able to go out, they went to the temple, they met a lame man, they prayed for him, he was healed. But then they had to explain what happened. And that explanation, that boldness, the boldness to see the guy standing on the sidewalk and go, dude, I don't have any money, but I'm, we'll pray for you to be healed. That boldness comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have to choose whether we're going to be in the way or we're going to be in the way with that boldness. How many of you know, like, a little bit of boldness goes a long way, right? Gives us superpowers sometimes, right? You, you ever get fired up? Like, we can use sports for an example because I know people get fired up about sports events and stuff. But you get fired up and you're like, yeah, we got this. And then, woo, and you hit somebody's drink and it goes all over them and whatever, right? That's me. I'm accident prone, so it's going to make a mess. Like, this was very scary deciding to do this object lesson because I make messes. Right, Karina? I love, I blame children's ministry. Like, that's where I started. You just learn to make messes. So it's not my fault. It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he created me to be who I am, right? But anyways, when we get bold, when we get excited, when we get inspired even by the Holy Spirit, sometimes we can get in the way of the Spirit's boldness. I don't want my boldness. I want the boldness of the Holy Spirit. I want the boldness that Peter and Paul had. I want the boldness that, that these apostles had to take and witness and minister and mini go out as missionaries to the whole world. I want that boldness. But are we in the way or are we in the way? Are we really checking ourselves? Is that the Holy Spirit? Or did I just get so fired up that I kept talking? Come on, I do it. I'm on a roll. My kids all the time, they're like, okay, mom, stop talking now. <laughs> you told me what I did was wrong. You told me how to fix it. You told me my consequences. Can, we, can the conversation be over? Yeah. I need to listen to the Holy Spirit there too, right? We don't need to constantly berate our children. Um, we get to love them also. So we see the boldness, we see Peter go out, and we see it numerous times throughout the scriptures, we see Peter pray in boldness and pray in the Holy Spirit and speak to the people, these big, long sermons. Peter didn't take two weeks to write a sermon, guys. That was something else the Lord really convicted me in, in these messages. I focus so much sometimes on the words that I'm going to say, because I don't want it to be wrong, I don't want to make anybody mad, I don't, oh, wait a minute, I'm human? Like, I was so glad John prayed that this morning. We are all human, fallible people. Like, me being four feet taller than you right now doesn't mean anything. Like, you get it, right? Four feet, I'm on, up on the stage. That was funny. Okay, come on. I know, my husband tells me I really have a terrible sense of humor. But, but I have boldness because I'm on the platform, right? Come on. So, yeah, no, don't, don't clap for me. But the Holy Spirit brings boldness, and we want to walk, walk in that boldness. So that, I say all this to say, Peter gets thrown in jail pretty quickly. The same, the same people who crucified Jesus come and say, uh, dude, shut your mouth. Stop saying what you're saying. You can't do this. But the problem is, is all the people at the temple, I'm telling you, the temple was like, 
I don't know, where's the place to hang out? Ark Alive? The temple's like the place. So everyone saw this guy healed. And this 40-year-old man who's been lame forever, who sits at the temple gates and asks for money all the time, you can't deny what uh, thousands of people just saw. Imagine Times Square in New York on New Year's Eve and some guy who's the bum on the corner who's been there for 40 years is all of a sudden healed. That news is going to spread like wildfire. And Peter gets to step in, up in boldness because he's submitted to the power of the Holy Spirit. He has discipled in the ways of the Lord. He is a witness as to what Jesus has done in his life personally. And he gets to say, stand up and say, you crucified Jesus. This is the same power. This is the same power of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this is the same power of Jesus who you crucified, who rose again. And he gets to say that in boldness to all these people. But you better believe if you stand up and you speak in that boldness, trials are coming. Like, you get up and you speak the word. Like, I can tell you, some weeks I feel like I got beat up by a prize fighter just because I did what I was supposed to do just because I said what I was supposed to say. The, the, the Lord does not say, this will be easy, we won't have trials, blah, blah, blah. He says it's going to be hard, and it sa he says that his yoke is easy, and his burden is light, and he will take care of us in those trials. Amen. But what, what we really want to focus on is the foundation, Right? Are we in the way or are we in the way? If we are in the way, if we're in the word, in the way of Christ, then when we come to the point where we have the boldness of the Holy Spirit, those trials, those tests, being thrown in jail, being killed, whatever, there's people all over the world right now having tests and trials that we can't even fathom. People that are killed because of their faith, people who are in war-torn lands who can't even go to church. The tests and trials are going to come, but if we immerse ourselves in our faith, if we immerse ourselves in the Word, if we immerse ourselves in community and prayer together, then when the fire comes, we won't be burned. So, we have been immersed in water all morning, right? I'm praying you go home and be immersed in the Word all week long. But when we immerse ourselves as disciples, as people of the Lord then when, when the boldness comes, when the fire comes, when people persecute us, when they say whatever they want to say about us, we're not going to die. We're not going to drown. We're not going to get in a hole and never come out again. When the fire comes, yeah. nothing happens. Yeah. Nothing happens. But the other thing that this scripture tells us, and go home and read Acts 1 through 4. Just read it all. It's really good. Take notes. Use your journal. There's free ones outside. When the fire comes, when we think we're going to get burned, if I'm immersed in fire, I'm going to go jump back in the water. I'm not going to just go, oh, okay, I'm good now. Oh, that was scary. No, I'm going to put myself back in the water. I'm going to put myself back in the security and the protection and the provision of who Christ is. Amen. And the only way to do that is to be in the Word. The only way to do that is to be in the way. 
according to being his disciples, to living according to his purpose, to being respectful of who the Lord is, the reverence of the holy King of kings, Lord of lords that created the heavens and the earth. And then we get to go out in boldness, but we're safe because we've immersed ourselves in those things. So, Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for everything that you are speaking to us individually, everything that you are teaching us as a people, a people devoted to you, Lord Jesus. We love you. Father, help us to be inspired and have a serious desire to dig deep into your word this week, Lord Jesus. Help us to go out and read Acts. Read the first few chapters, Lord, and see exactly what you want us to do with this message, Lord Jesus. Father, give us a passion for studying you. Give us a passion for immersing ourselves in your culture, Father God. Help us as we go out this week to be your witnesses, to be your people on fire for you, and to remember to come back and rest into your arms and to immerse ourselves in your living, life-giving water. We love you so much, Lord, in your name. Amen.